welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show from the Labatt Blue Studio. Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light. Bleed blue and white, drink blue and light. And don't forget to try the new Labatt Blue Light Seltzer Variety Pack. Available at retailers throughout Pennsylvania. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. And last segment, Dustin, we began our series on the 2022 recruiting class where we were going to do things a little bit different, go a little more in-depth, not just say, hey, this kid's pretty good and maybe he'll play right away, but actually look at his whole career, what we project for them at Penn State. And we were prepared to go through pretty much the offense, and instead we got through one player. We're really efficient, aren't we? Hey, you know what? We're going to be talking about this subject until halfway through the 2022 season at this point. So content galore, baby. (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll be a little more efficient, get through more players, I think, as as we follow along with the series. But it was important. We talked about Drew Aller, you know, what his impact might be right away, long term at Penn State and then even beyond. But he's not the only quarterback, and it gets even more fascinating because Bo Perbola, another quarterback, is also part of this class. And, and I'll tell you what, Dustin, before Drew Aller committed, I watched Bo Perbola's tape. I was very excited about this guy coming to be the quarterback at Penn State. And first of all, bravo to this kid for being the first quarterback on the board for going through an offensive coordinator change, for having that coordinator handpick the second quarterback in the same class. So having two quarterbacks in the same class can be a real turnoff for a kid. And then the, the at least the optics of it being maybe preferential treatment for the other guy, especially when the other guy is the one that everybody's talking about rising up national rankings boards for, for being the guy who's, who's the next in line for having, you know, kind of being anointed already. Here's Bo Perbola just sticking it out. He gave his word. He stuck to it. He didn't, he didn't care so much about being, you know, the second, well, the first of two quarterbacks in, in a class. He didn't get turned off by the fact that, that Drew Aller is like the golden child. He's just committed to, he arrived in January to go about his business, to do his work. And I think all those things add up to a kid who maybe has a shot to remain patient if things progress how we think they're going to progress with Drew Aller being the next in line. Will he stick around? Will he be a transfer portal guy? That's the ultimate projection of Bo Perbola. Not necessarily, hey, how good can he be, but how patient can he be if things don't go his way right away? just kind of waiting for that opportunity whenever it, whenever it comes to him. And my early, early forecast along those lines is that he is going to be a kid who sticks around. You know, we saw Tommy Stevens stick around all up until the very last moment. I think Bo Perbola has shown the guts and he's shown sort of the competitive nature to not necessarily run if he doesn't get the next the, the, the starting quarterback job after Sean Clifford. And I think you also have to look at this say another way. Well, first of all, I love in your notes, you put out primary strength of him is Moxie. Who was the last quarterback that we always use the expression Moxie for? Who was that, Dustin? Matt McGloin is the poster child of Moxie. So, and, and, and but, but. 
you know, beyond that, I'm not sure if he like he he was the original. Like he was Moxie was used for Matt McGloin almost in a sarcastic fashion. Moxie was used for Trace McSorley as a legitimate compliment. Well, the point being, those were players who ended up playing and performing well. And in the example with McCoin, beat out other very highly regarded quarterbacks. So we don't want to just say, hey, that's impossible that Bo Prabola becomes the guy instead of Drew Aller. It is a possibility. But the way I read it going forward, Dusty, is as long as he stays healthy, Sean Clifford's going to be the starting quarterback. Might he miss a game or two for injury? Yeah. Then the question becomes, is it Christian Vayu who gets the call first, or is it Drew Aller? That's the possibility. But you got to look at 23. If it is Drew Aller, if it is, I suspect, and we know how the quarterback position is with the transfer portal, will Christian Vayu stick around? And if he doesn't, then, and it's not, it's not fair of me probably to project that, but that's what we do here. All of a sudden, Bo Prabula becomes the number two guy. You know, one twisted ankle away from being the guy. So you might have a situation where in 23, you have Drew Aller and Bo Prabula as number one and number two. I would add another question to that. And in 2023, will Christian Veyu be a better player than Bill Perbola? Just outright better player. You know, I, I, I don't necessarily think so. Like, I think Bo Perbola has the makings of a better player than Christian Veyu does. I just do. I, I think um, Veyu moves pretty well. You wouldn't, you wouldn't really, um, you know you know, send his arm strength off to NFL scouts or anything. He's fine in that department. I think Bo Perbola is kind of the same way. Bo Perbola moves great. He's got, a, you know, playability. He's got playable speed. He's got um, instincts and competitiveness. He scratches and claws when he needs to, when things break down around him. That's that's the moxie. You know, I, I think, you know, in terms of arm strength, he's probably right on par with um, with Trace McSorley. I think he moves a little bit better than Trace McSorley does, if we're being honest. I think he's a little faster, maybe even a little bit more athletic. He's a little bit bigger. So when he adds, you know, strength to his frame, when he adds a, a little bit of arm strength, a little bit of zip on the ball, I really like him as a player. And I would not be surprised at all as they're getting to do a, a reset at the starting position at quarterback. Maybe you do a reset you know, all the way up and down, you know, Christian Bayou from the moment these guys got on campus in January, it's now on him to compete and hold these guys off. And it's not just Drew Aller. I think Bo Perbola can and will be a better player than Christian Bayou within the calendar year. I really believe that. And I've mentioned this before, Dustin, and quarterbacks now in college football are impatient. However, with some patience, if Drew Aller is the guy we think he is and can be, He's probably gone after three years here. What does that mean for Prabula? It means he's still got two more years of eligibility left after that. This could be, and you mentioned ETA of 2025. I could picture Drew Aller sitting behind Clifford in 22, is the starter in 23 and in 24. He's eligible then to move on. And you'd still have Bo Prabula with a couple years of eligibility. And now in his fourth year on campus, knows, would, know, would be a veteran and know the system well. 
and could still have a real nice career as a starter at Penn State. Is, is that a crazy way for me to project them the next five years? No, not at all. I mean, what you're looking at is, okay, okay year three of Drew Aller, is he a redshirt sophomore at that point, or is he a true junior with two-plus years of, of starting experience, depending on what happens in 2022? Earn the job, injury, you know, forced to play more than four games. There's There are a number of things that can happen, but I guarantee you this. I think people who are close to Bo Perbola are, are kind of secretly hoping that his eligibility clock, Drew Aller's eligibility clock, starts sooner than later. Because I think you're looking at, at this as, as, in all likelihood, the back end of the career. And not just, you know, because what are the odds that Drew Aller plays so well as a two-year starter and a redshirt sophomore that he leaves for the NFL at that point in time? What are the odds of that happening? I would say not great. I mean, it's, anything's possible. Any, I think a lot of things are in play for him. But you don't see a ton of redshirt sophomore quarterbacks um, going into the NFL draft. So I think I think uh, Bo Perbola would, wouldn't mind at all if Drew Aller is forced to play more than four games as a true freshman, and he's a true junior with significant starting experience at that point and uh, might go off to the NFL. That gives him not just one year, but maybe two years to start. If all, I mean, again, there's so many different scenarios here, including Christian Bayou knocking the Penn State coaching staff socks off and throwing a wrinkle into all these different plans. But uh, if things go how we think they're going to, maybe Bo Perbola gets more than one year maybe he's got two years to show what he can do all right dustin i promise we'd get through more than one player <laughs> barely the three minutes or four minutes we have left i'm gonna get through another player come hell or high water and i'm gonna pick an easy one all right and i'm gonna handle it nick singleton running back eta first week First play from scrimmage, Nick Singleton. He stays here three years, and he follows in the footsteps of Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, and would have been Journey Brown. He's the next great Penn State running back. He's going to be a star, and we'll be watching him on Sundays after three years at Penn State. How's that? Boom. Next. No, I mean, I, I agree with all that. <laughs> the, the only part that I'm not quite sure about is if Kevon Lee is kind of a token starter so to speak in week one tip of the cap for his two years of experience you hold nick singleton back a little bit you know you're going to play him but he's got to go out there and prove it on the actual field on saturdays that he's the number one guy didn't happen for saquon barkley until later in the year what was it like towards the end of the non-conference season it was when saquon officially arrived i think that's what that's what could happen with nick singleton um so it might be week one, 2022. It might be week three, but mostly I agree with you there. I see no real vulnerabilities or weaknesses when it comes to his physical ability, power, speed, quickness, all that stuff. I've praised his, uh, his, the way that he has, you know, controlled aggression uh, when he's finishing runs, he wants to punish linebackers, just like linebackers want to punish him. He can, he can go around you. He can go through you. I love the skill set all up and down. It's just going to kind of come down, you know, whether we're talking about week one or a little bit later. It's just the finer points of the running back position, whether he is patient enough and he's not bouncing things outside, which can be what a true freshman does. If he struggles in pass protection, you know, if he doesn't pick that up right away, if he can't read what defenses are doing and be able to kind of instinctively get to wherever he needs to go to pick up the extra guy. um, Those are the types of things that you look at for any freshman running back. But other than smoothing those things out, out, which I, I really do feel like is going to happen spring and summer. 
Uh, there's no reason to hold Nick Singleton back. There's no reason to to keep him on your bench for for long, if at all. Um, this is a guy who I think will be an All Big Ten player, who I think will be an NFL draft pick, who I don't think will stick around beyond his junior season. Because what will be the point? He's just going to need one year to show it off, and he's going to do that. Penn State's going to manage his workload because they're they're going to have a bunch of players. But I think he's going to be a star really, really early in his freshman season, and he's going to be off and running. And uh, I, I think th- if he plays beyond three years at Penn State, I will be really, really surprised. It's probably going to take an injury for that to happen. And of course, always fingers crossed on that with a running back. And you're probably right. He's um, probably going to get the Micah Parsons treatment where he may even, if he excels and places himself above the other players, they still might not give him the start, but he'll get plenty of carries. He'll be in the rotation right away, I would think, Dusty. Yeah, and and you can get him plenty of work without necessarily being a starter. You're going to see him slowly overtake. When he's making big plays all over the field, that's when he's going to go from an 8-touch reserve guy to a 15-touch starter. I, I definitely think it will happen in the 22 season. All right, Dustin, that's it for quarter number three. In quarter number four, we go from this Dustin to another Dustin. We'll have Dustin Schutte talking about the Big Ten and the talk of ending the divisions. Stick around for that. This is where the temperatures are unkind. This is where water freezes in the blink of an eye. This is where the wind bites harder than a mid-ice cross check. This is where the beer is always on ice. This is Labatt Hockey. Played the way Mother Nature intended. Labatt Blue is proud to support pond hockey and all the hardy souls that like to play it cool. This is Labatt Hockey. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. 